Live from the heart of Lincoln, America, welcome to Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. To the Husker Extra Hour on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. I'm Austin Norman, soon to be joined by two of the heavy hitters at the Omaha World. Harold, first Sam McEwen, and then Tom Chattel. Y'all have been listening all football season. You know the drill. Both of our guests join us on the Aloe VIP line brought to you by Aloe Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. Let's go there now and bring in Sam McEwen of the Omaha World. Harold, Sam, another 13-10 to 10 loss for Nebraska. This one comes in game number 10 of the season. The first one came in game number one against Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota game on the road, the Maryland game at home. How much of this game felt like uh, the Minnesota game from earlier in the year, and how much of it was, as much as Nebraska maybe learned in October, some things still came back to bite it here in November? I think it felt a little bit like that Minnesota game for sure. You know, there's, there's certain things that, that happened in that game that, probably didn't need to happen, but did happen. Um, you know, uh, missed opportunities. Obviously, Minnesota won that game at the gun, just like Maryland did. Um, Nebraska had chances, uh, frittered those away with turnovers. Um, I think that, you know, the third down and goal play with Chubba Purdy is very similar to the play with Jeff Sims, you know. But I think the difference is there that, you know, I think they were going to tie the game at three, going into halftime and you know if they just run the football um you know they're they're going to they're going to you know kick a field goal to take a 13-10 lead with a couple minutes left in the game and uh, certainly a a rueful result um you know i've watched that play several times now and i don't know if rule has much more to say about it what what i'll say is that you know it it was it was uh kind of a just kind of a mess of a play you know, uh, Malachi Coleman doesn't come hard on a slant. So the, and basically, Trevor Purdy throws the ball right to a Maryland defensive back. I guess he came off of Coleman, but not really. Um, he just kind of standing there, uh, and the <laughs> ball just comes to him. So really unfortunate loss. Um, I think that's going to, you know, that's going to gut some people. Um, that's going to bother some people. And we'll see how Nebraska rebounds. Um, because certainly to commit four turnovers in the season opener, is different than committing five in game 10 when you have an opportunity to make a bowl. So a very painful loss, I'm sure, um, and we'll see how they rebound. You, you mentioned that third and goal play, and I think that's a good place to start because it can take us a, a couple of different ways. Let's just start with the play itself. To me, the pass looked like it was thrown nowhere. If it's to Coleman, either you know he didn't, didn't run that slant hard enough, but even if it was intended for Billy Kemp, I don't think that ball had a chance of getting through. It seemed too low not to lead Billy Kemp out to the sideline. Is that an execution issue on the wide receivers? Is it more on the quarterback? Where do you look at that play? Well, it kind of depends. You know, like if you're going to run a short corner um, corner route, which is basically what that is, you're you're throwing it low into the in and low and toward the front pylon. That's where you want to throw that ball because that's the only place where the receiver is going to get it because the receiver is blanketed otherwise by the defensive back. And so you can either do one of two things. You can either run maybe a little sort of a back corner route 
where what you're trying to do is you're trying to you're trying to place it over the defensive back to the back pylon. You're trying to put it in the net, so to speak, in the bucket. It's a bucket shot. If you throw it to the short pylon, you know you've got a chance there. If it's low and outside, basically, uh, and there's a chance. You know, it's a low chance. Honestly, it's a hard throw, and and in my opinion, a hard catch. Um, there's other things that you could probably run that are a higher percentage of catch. I think the goal on that play as well is to get a low percentage of interceptions. Um, what I would say is that if, if, if you if you want to eliminate that, then you know have Billy working one on one or um, you know working inside of just one guy instead of two. And you know again, I don't really blame Malachi at all. I, 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 I Malachi knew the ball was not supposed to come to him. You know, and you <laughs> see how he reacts. He knows what's supposed to happen on that play, but, you know, it's just a really, it's unfortunate. Like, you, you know, if he, he's thrown the ball, uh, Purdy, into a, basically, you know, in theory, he could have thrown it to Malachi there, and they would have had a better chance of scoring. So it's a hard situation. I think the execution was off. I think bottom line is they didn't have to blink that call. They just didn't have to make it. They could have run the football. Uh, you know, from there, they kick a field goal and they rely on their defense. And that's what they did not choose to do that. They chose to do something else. So, um, you know, they paid the consequences for it. I think they'll be okay. They'll live, you know, they'll, they'll get past it. But um, painful, painful loss. And, and now they've got to go try to beat a Wisconsin team that feels horrible about themselves. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they did the whole soul-searching thing on Saturday night where they called themselves out and called each other out. You just don't know what kind of team you're going to get. You may get a Wisconsin team that's ready to, you know, they're pissed off. You might get a Wisconsin team that isn't, you know, and they're just, oh, boy, now they're in a malaise, you know. We don't know which was Wisconsin-Nebraska is going to get. Um, and I do think that matters as to whether Nebraska is going to win because I don't think Nebraska's offense is just, frankly, good enough to go beat a, a defense that's hitting on all cylinders. Just it's been a hard It's been hard to watch. You can't. They're averaging 15.8 points per game against Power 5 opponents, 15.8, and 290 yards. It's, it's one of the worst offenses in the country uh, and maybe is the worst Power 5 offense this side of Iowa. It's it's interesting that you mention that number and compare it to Iowa, You know, a team that put up 22 against another solid defense in Rutgers. But also with Wisconsin, you, you say malaise. I think that's a good word. But that's what Maryland was in, too. That's what Michigan State was in the week before. But... Nebraska still hasn't shaken that reputation of this is a team, this is a program that other teams and programs look at to get right. Going up to Camp Randall, a place Nebraska has had minimal, if any, you know, real tangible success in years past. Even if Wisconsin is reeling and they're down on themselves, it's hard for me to want to give Nebraska too good of a chance until they actually go up there and they do the dang thing. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Um, you know, Wisconsin is, the stadium is is not that hard to play in, like in terms of the the crowd. You know, they're into the game, they're not into the game. Like Wisconsin doesn't win a lot of big games up there, so when they play Michigan and Ohio State, they don't beat them there. Um, Iowa is a harder place to play than Wisconsin, if we're going to be honest, in terms of the crowd and the effect the crowd has on a good team. So, but what's been hard about Wisconsin for Nebraska is that Wisconsin's had better football teams pretty much every time they've gone up there. Uh, probably in 2016, they were somewhat even, but most of those years, Wisconsin's just had a better football team. And so I think Nebraska's 
competed, but they haven't, you know, they haven't been successful. Um, and, you know, they came close uh, a couple of years ago, and they came close in 2016. The other games weren't close. They were just sort of blowouts or, you know, runaway games. And so, you know, Nebraska's going to have to figure out a way to, to go up there. The crowd's not going to be huge. It's probably going to be 55,000, 60,000 for senior day. You know, they'll, they'll do the best they can. I, there's no question about how hard Nebraska's willing to play, what they're willing to put on the line, any of those things. Um, you know, that, none of that's in question. The, the culture is uh, almost set in concrete. So it's, it's good. It's more a question of, you know, do they have the players to be able to do it? And it, you know, you can go back and watch that game on Saturday, and and I'll probably ask Matt Rule about this. There are a number of plays in that game on Saturday that you just can't put on Marcus Satterfield, other than the quarterbacks don't appear to know what to do. They they don't appear to know how they don't appear to know how to read a defense, how to prioritize receivers. I don't I don't really know. There, there's a circumstance where, and I, I read about it for tomorrow's uh, my my column for tomorrow. There's a circumstance where Billy Kemp's open for a touchdown, and that's just not the choice that Heinrich Herbert makes. And I don't know why he didn't make the choice, because I have to think that Kemp is the first read on that play. Just it. So in other words, they're making a predetermined read, and I'm not sure why. You know, So things like that, I you'd have to know about their process, but there's things that happen in the game that just don't seem all that explicable unless you're sitting down with a coach and a quarterback and saying, okay, explain to me for the next 45 minutes what you guys were trying to get done. There's plays to be made. The Nebraska's quarterbacks are not making them, and and I think that's something they'll have to fix. Well, you look at play calling uh, that third down situation. Maybe a couple times earlier in the game, you look at quarterbacks. They're both run by the same guy. You know, you know I, I don't know if that's fair or not, but it's just a fact. Marcus Satterfield is in charge of both of them. Do we see over these next two games with Nebraska trying to get to bowl eligibility, Matt Rule maybe being more hands on with the quarterbacks in the play calling, or is he going to leave that completely in the hands of Marcus Satterfield? I don't know what benefit Matt Rule having hands on the quarterbacks would be unless he knows what that benefit is and the quarterbacks do too. Um, I, you know, I, I can't speak. The play calling, I, I don't, it's hard for me to, again, some of the play calls are really not bad. And they're not even unsafe, really. Mm-hmm. Like, the one play to camp, it's not that unsafe. It's, you know, they, they manipulate the coverage where they got single coverage kind of across the board, and a free safety's come down to double-team Thomas Fedoni, and they just don't throw the ball. Like, I just don't – so some of the play calling doesn't really have an issue with me. Um, I do think, you know, coming off of the fumble and the Maryland tying it at 10, I don't know that you need to go with whatever that route was supposed to be. So they cross at the beginning of the route, and then they cross again later in the route. Um, Lloyd and Kemp, and I have—I don't know if that's the intention of the route. A lot of times, guys don't switch twice. They don't, you know, they don't switch their routes twice. So usually, a switch route is you switch at the beginning, or it's a scissor route, and you you run up and then you scissor it, you know, somewhere ten yards down the field. On the on Sims' last interception, they they cross each other twice. I I don't know why. I don't, you know, there's just stuff that I think they couldn't have driven drawn up or aren't imagining that are happening and on the last you know on the interception with Purdy I, I don't know that Malachi's doing anything wrong he gets jammed at the line he pushes the guy off and by the time he does that the ball's already out of Purdy's hand and Malachi literally gets out of the way of the ball like I think that's because he knows what he's supposed to do in that moment 
he probably could have reached out and caught the ball. <laughs> he just doesn't because he's doing what he thinks he's supposed to be doing in that moment. And that's just that's just a good example of I just don't know, you know, what what the think the thought process is. There's a lot going on. When an offense is this bad, there's a number of things. Injuries is part of it, but that's not all of it. Again, Satterfield has called plays that should work. They don't work because people aren't doing the things they're supposed to be doing. So, you know, Sims has the fumble. People can rewatch the play. It's a four-yard gain on a quarterback counter on second and seven. It's going to be third and three, and Jeff Sims, inexplicably, doesn't follow his blocking, tries to go back the other way, and he loses the ball as he's trying to cut back against three guys that are going to tackle him. I, you know, I just don't know. You know, I just don't know what you do there. Like he shouldn't have done what he did. He wasn't. He just didn't follow the script. And then they put him out there again. I, I was a little surprised that they put him out there after that fumble because the fumble is completely on him. And shouldn't have happened, did happen. Anthony Grant's done that like three times this year where he just doesn't go to the hole and he goes somewhere else. I don't know how you, you – know, I don't know what you do. Um, it's frustrating, but it's where they're at. We're talking with Sam McCune of the Omaha World Herald here on our Allo VIP line. I'm glad you bring up the the Sims reversing course, but also then it was made note of uh, by Matt Rule in the press conference that Chubba Purdy checked out of a run play on that that first down incompletion. I know that's a guy that hasn't played much this year. Are those two guys pressing, trying to make something happen, be the hero? Do you think that's just between the ears? They they get lost in the moment and the in the bigger picture sense. That's part of what Matt Rule is trying to say. Nebraska has to, you know, learn to win in November now and embrace the pressure. What do you make of those two decisions from those two guys? Well, I, I told you what I thought of Sims. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, again, I, I don't know why you would you would do that. I, I, just, I just don't know why. I think he maybe did it because he gained 12 yards the last time. You know, when it was a high snap, and he just decided to run the ball. That wasn't the call there either. He was, he was supposed to hand it off and he didn't and he took it on kind of a read and you know made some hay I, maybe he thought he could run around the defense I, I, I just don't know I um, at any rate you know so, something it's just it's just it's hard to you know it's hard to kind of figure out right like on some level it's just between the quarterbacks and the coaches and and what what can you do? I you know, I just I just don't know. I obviously Purdy should not have done that. So it's hard to it's hard to know exactly why. But that's part of the frustrating part is that this this has happened a couple of times, and you know obviously again, Harburg has done a lot of good things, uh, but uh, he he's he's improvised at times that he doesn't need to. Since Satterfield went to the box, he's 19 of 44 passing. Woof. And he's run 30, 35 times for 53 yards. So the run game's not working. And I think 40 some of those yards is on one run. So obviously things are, you know, things are rough. Um, I don't know what you do after the season. Bottom line is you're trying to win one more game so that you can get to a point where you can, you can get to the after the season. You know, and the, and the portal's going to, if they make a bowl game, the portal's going to open up while they're preparing for a bowl. And the quarterback derby usually closes in January. Like, guys don't join other teams right away. But, you know, I, 
there, there's a lot of decisions to be made going forward, and 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 we'll see, we'll see exactly uh, what they decide to do. Let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball here for a couple minutes, Sam. And Nebraska holds Maryland under 400 yards, uh, 101 on the ground, above Nebraska's season average, but until the, the fourth quarter, I thought they did a good job there. But the headliners for Maryland, of course, Talia Tagovailoa and his his uh, stable of wide receivers. What do you make of the job Nebraska did uh, defending Talia Tagovailoa? Okay. Yeah, I thought they did a, a decent job. Um, certainly they... You know, he got loose a couple of times, but I thought they did a nice job of penning him in. They didn't overblitz him. Um, I think they, they, uh, you know, kept him, kept him uh, in check to some degree. He beat him with a couple of runs, but, you know, I thought, I thought they, I thought they managed slowing him down okay. You know, they, they held Maryland to 13 points and Maryland's a good offense. So, yeah, I think they did okay against Maryland. And, you know, the, the drive at the end of the game, that's unfortunate. But, I mean, what do you expect by that point in the game? It's those two big drives, the, the touchdown in the first half and then the, the drive to get into position in the second half. But that's what I want to talk about, too, Sam. When you look at Iowa's defense across the river, that's a defense that you know always seems to make that one more play, have that one more in it. But I just get reminded so much of 2021 with this Nebraska defense where you see there are some playmakers there They'll they'll stand strong pretty much all game, but there, there's one or two drives where things go wrong. Is it putting too much on the defense to ask them to to dig deep and find that one more drive, or are those guys just just having so much pressure on them constantly that it only makes sense that there are those breakdowns late? Well, it's happened twice, right? Minnesota and Wisconsin. So yeah, I mean they've had some moments in fourth quarters where they haven't been great. Um, I think it's a lot to ask, but at the same time, you know, if, uh, if Hill doesn't commit the pass interference, they get off the field and, mm-hmm. you know, they got another chance. So, you know, things happen. I, yeah, I, I mean, they're, I, what they're going to say is, oh man, we should have done this, this, and this, and that, and that's fine. Um, you know, sometimes people will wonder why the media, you know, does what it does or writes what it does or says what it does. And, it, 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 and to some degree, it's because coaches and players have stopped any kind of, you know, sort of uh, practical talk. You know, like how often are you going to get what Wisconsin's coaches and players said? Not often. Most of the time what you're going to get is this sort of falsely upbeat, um, we, we should have held them to negative 47 yards and zero points. You know, this sort of selfless, Thing. And it's fine. I get it. I understand it. But you know, that's part of why people write what they write is because you have a bunch of people march in there and go, "Oh no, the defense needed to needed to do even more today than than hold a team that averages thirty points to to, to thirteen and force three turnovers and um, you know have another fourth down stop." The defense just didn't do enough today. I mean, come on. Of course they did enough. They did enough. They they did enough to win the game. Um, what's interesting to me is that Nebraska was concerned that Maryland would score a touchdown at the end of the game because they tried to score a touchdown themselves. So, you know, it's, that's, that's one of those deals. I think if Nebraska kicks the field goal there, they win. And I don't, I think Nebraska's defense gets a stop. Um, but you know, when the Nebraska's defense took the field, the crowd was pissed and stunned and didn't know what to think or say. And they don't, they're they're not they're not at full throat because they're, they're they can't believe what they just saw. That's part of the consequence of of that play. So, yeah, 
I mean, it's, again, like that's part of why you know, you're you're a talk show host. That's why talk show hosts are talk show hosts and <laughs> journalists are journalists because we've reached this point where like everything's kind of PR. You know, it's like I'm sure they're going to say something today at Texas A&M about Jimbo Fisher. He's he was just this just this side of a saint, but we had to let him go and pay him seventy six million dollars. I mean, you know, that's <laughs> how that stuff works. It sure is. Nebraska on to Wisconsin. Sam McEwen of the Omaha World Herald. As always, thanks for the time. Thank you. There he is, Sam McEwen, with us on our Allo VIP line, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. Let's go to the YouTube stream here real quick before we take a break and bring in Tom Chattel. Um, Walter on the YouTube stream, thanks for listening. Uh, he says, Rule hitching his wagon to Sims and Satterfield has been a complete disaster. The offense has been a complete disaster, but again, I think you should should take note of what Sam is saying in that it's not all on the quarterbacks and it's not all on the offensive coordinator, right? Sam astutely pointed out that Marcus Satterfield does call some good plays, safer plays than maybe Nebraska makes them look. And in those moments where a play is there to be made, a simple play, Nebraska, it's quarterbacks, it's wide receivers, it's offensive line occasionally, just the person in charge of making that play doesn't step up and make it. Now, there are those other times, you know, where it was maybe a questionable play call, where Nebraska has an advantage in the box and is running the ball well, and you go away from it to pass on first down. That is on the coaching, not putting the personnel you have in a position to succeed. But again, 15.8 points per game, like Sam said, against Power 5 opponents, that goes deeper than just one quarterback and just an offensive coordinator. There are so many levels and layers to this which, like Sam you know, pointed out, makes it even harder to untangle, but also, at the same time, also harder to you know, pinpoint what the issue is. There's no one problem. There are plenty of problems. Nebraska, to its credit, has five wins with two games to go. That's two more opportunities to figure something out, to try to get out of its own way, to unload whatever you know, weapon it is that it continues to injure its foot with, Two more chances. Two tough defenses. Two tough places, right? Wisconsin and Iowa. And Walter, I'll say this as well. I hope you tune into On the Block tomorrow because I want to get into this with with Strick. We need more time to flesh it out. You're right. You can't call plays that your quarterback can't execute. But I still wonder if there's some part of Matt Rule and Marcus Satterfield that, that doesn't grasp how Nebraska's quarterback play can be this up and down. And mostly down, right? Given their previous stops, Maybe they just are still wrapping their head around. There's no way we we considered or contemplated that things could be where they are right now. I want to dive into that more with Strick tomorrow. Once again, big thank you to Sam McEwen of the Omaha World Herald for joining us. We'll step aside for our first break of the show. We'll welcome in Tom Chattel, columnist for the World Herald. He'll uh, give us his thoughts on Nebraska and Maryland as we continue the Husker Extra Hour on 93.7 The Ticket. Back to the Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Off Norman with you inside the 93.7 The Ticket Studios, northwest corner of 11th and O Streets here in downtown Lincoln. Let's go back to our VIP line brought to you by Aloe Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. Tom, I, I mean this with the utmost respect. Have you ever, in all your years of covering college football, witnessed a game with three separate quarterbacks on one team throwing an interception? Uh, no. I, I, and, uh, that, I mean, when you put it like that, it, it makes it uh, 
I, I wish I'd written that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, I've seen three quarterbacks, but it was seventy to nothing. You know, they just kept. Uh, you know, I think the one year, <laughs> you know, we had a couple of guys uh, like Matt Turman play a couple of times, but um, yeah, it's. Um, I don't know. It's 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 just to the point now where. Um, and I literally think just take the, you know, get under center and hand off and just punt and play defense and try to get a turnover and score or get some field goals. Um, I, you know, it, it has not, it has not been, the game yesterday was not managed well at all. It, it was not by the quarterbacks, uh, maybe the play calling in some cases here or there, uh, but it's bigger than just that, right? It's on the whole offense when you're averaging fewer than 16 points a game against power five competition. But Tom, I want to ask you this, just looking at, at how Matt Rule and Marcus Satterfield have handled their quarterback room this year, do you think they have they had any idea that things could could get to where they are with that position? Just the way that they handled that that uh, you know, goal to go situation with the chance to take the lead in the game, calling the pass play, um Chubba Purdy checking out of the run play on first down. My takeaway from that is Matt Rule and Marcus Satterfield might still not grasp just how dire their situation is sometimes at quarterback. Well, I, I, you know, did they know what would happen? Well, no, because they brought Jeff Sims in, and they obviously thought Jeff Sims was going to be a different guy than than he's been. And um, so they they obviously saw something in him, and and, and you know they you know uh, Rule is a very confident coach, and as he should be. He probably thought, well, I could, I could, I, he's had turnover issues. I can coach it out of him. Well, hasn't worked, has it? Um, and I, I'm not sure Satterfield is 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 the quarterback coach anyway. So I, mean, I think he was going to come here, and and, and I think he was going to coach tight ends. So um, and then they they couldn't get the. Um, oh, the assistant for who who stayed with the Rams? Uh, uh, I think oh, was it? Yes, Jake Peets. Yeah, so he was, I would think, going to come in and do the quarterback. So, um, in any case, yeah, they, look, it's, it's. Uh, I think they're just so stubborn about this, and I think Satterfield wants to throw it, and and he's, he's, he's going to keep throwing it. And he's managed a couple games, actually, uh, you know, I won't say great, but, but but certainly better than they did yesterday. And and, and uh, yeah, they. But when you have Harburg throwing deep, it's 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 going to be one or two things. He's going to throw another. He's going it's going to hit. Like you get a couple times against I guess Northwestern and and I guess Purdue, or it's going to be Michigan State. Um, or you know, it's it's just you know he just needs to work with. Uh, Accuracy. A lot of his throws are high or wide, or it's just you know. If you have a guy who struggles with those kind of things, don't throw it as much. You know, <laughs> just go conservative. Um, you know, there might be something to be said for. You know, Iowa's got this great defense, but you know they're pretty boring. But maybe that's why they're eight and two. <laughs> you know, so. Um, I don't know. It's uh, look. They, they don't have the the, the the quarterback room is not is not stocked with guys who are going to start everywhere else. It's not. 
it's not stocked with a great offensive line yet. It's not it's not stocked in in, in, in any position. Uh, they, they, they've got to keep the you know they got to keep recruiting and they got to keep bringing guys in and I think they are. But so this year this offense there's nothing not a lot to work with and we've said that all along. Um, but you know when you're five and three and you, you, know, you kind of hit on some things, I think the the biggest thing they found was that's why they went to the option. You know Harburg is a good. He, he he's got some jets. He, he can get him out, get him past the line of scrimmage out in the open, and he's going to go. I mean, you know, I just think sometimes you can keep running the option, keep running the quarterback, keep running, keep running, and it's going to break. And I think that their best chance to do that is to keep running the ball. So, you know, it doesn't mean anything they're doing this year is going to be the offense going forward. It's just it's kind of like what do you have to work with, you know, play to that strength. Nebraska, you know, in the I don't want to say this offense, you know, obviously doesn't compare to the, you know, the glory days in the nineties, but there's something to that simplicity and that consistency that I think from, you know, playing armchair offensive coordinator, there's a fine line between being too predictable and teams can stop it versus being stubborn and, you know, not willing to let the other team hold you down for that long, being committed to an identity of some sorts. We're 10 games in. I don't know what Nebraska's identity on offense is. And I think that's something to to question because it's not necessarily a quarterback run game because Emmett Johnson had the best game of his young career. It's not a passing offense, but sometimes there's some nice pass plays. I mean, Sim starts five of five. And that to me, Tom, sitting back and watching is the most frustrating thing for this team. If it's not one thing, it's another. Perfect play call, ball on the money, receiver drop. Uh, wrong play call, uh, but the guy's guys open. The quarterback just doesn't have time to make the pass. Is there anything that can be done to fix that, or is that just a everyone across the board needs to be better for this offense? Well, I think the identity is you know they just have a lot of parts that maybe they don't have a lot of playmakers. They just don't. I mean, an identity comes with what do you do well? Well, what do these guys do well? I mean. Do you, what do they really do well? There's not anything that they really do well because they don't they don't have the players to, to really do something well. I mean, um, that's just facts. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't. I mean, they, they, again, they they got the the wins at home. They went to Illinois uh, running the ball. They won that game. They they came home and won uh, two in a row here at home. Um, Uh, a, a, a good quarterback running game um, and uh, uh, some play action plays that they've hit on a couple of big plays. They've turned it over just about every game, but they've been able to overcome that w- with a handful of, of these big plays and, 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 and a hell of a defense. So the big plays have kind of run dry the last two games. And, and that's, and that's, to me, that's the big difference here. Um, Identity. Again, I thought they had an identity, and we kind of wrote about it uh, during the uh, Northwestern um, and uh, uh, the game against Purdue. So they kind of had Harbor going running, and they throwing a little play action, and and that, that's about as good as identity I think as, as as they can get this year. And that's why I say, you know, let's you know, stick with Harburg, uh when he's healthy, and. Try to get back on the on track. The last two games, you know, get that running game and get the get the quarterback running. Because, 
it's that's, that's kind of what they got. And so, and then next year, I think they've got to sit down and you know, Rule has to figure it out. Okay, do I have the offensive coordinator that I want? Is, is this the bread guy going forward? Okay, now uh, if he is, okay, you know, you, you guys sit down and figure out what you want to do, and, and then go find it in the portal or, or or go recruit it. Or you know, going forward, there needs to be. And I feel like this is kind of a hodgepodge here because they they, they they tried to coach who they had. Okay, now figure out what you want, what's going to work, and then go get it. So, um, and that really can't happen. Like, you know, it, it, it shouldn't. It better not take too long to do it because the season is going to be over in a couple of weeks, and the, the portal is going to be you know going nuts. So. Sure, it already is with the A and M news today, and uh, some other things. So uh, that probably those conversations should probably be be, be happening right now. So anyway, we're talking. <laughs> yeah, we're talking with Tom Chattel of the Omaha World Herald. He's with us on our Allo VIP line. Tom, let's talk about that defense. It holds in, uh, Maryland to five point eight yards of play. The Terps only get sixty six snaps. Uh, it's Elliot Tagovailoa twenty seven to forty through the air, two hundred eighty three yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Nebraska climbed out of its turnover deficit. It forced a couple and and converted them into points. A great interception by Javen Wright and then the forced fumble that Ty Robinson recovered. To me, those two guys are the story. Ty Robinson looked like the Ty Robinson Nebraska fans thought he was going to be coming out of high school. And Javen Wright, finally healthy, gets an interception, gets a pick. Nebraska's defense has playmakers. Even down Quentin Newsom, you can see those guys fighting every snap, trying to make a play and keep their team in the game. They're just so much fun to watch, and it's a it's a defense. You know, Ty Robinson, uh, a guy from the, uh, the the Valley of the Desert uh, out there in Phoenix, um, and another, another another former Husker from uh, that area, Mike Brown, would be so proud of Ty Robinson. Uh, Mike Brown, my, one of my all time favorite Huskers. Um, forget him at Colorado, uh, going into. Uh, you know, one of the Colorado ran the ball, and Mike Brown sort of set a tack on the Rangers, grabbed the ball, and he wouldn't let go. He stole the ball from the running back. I mean, that's that's what that, that thing yesterday reminded me of was they just were were not going to let these guys, you know, score, and they were they're going to go take the ball. And um, I thought they would have to, you know, sack the quarterback. Um, Forgive me for not pronouncing his last name. I've, I've watched the Miami Dolphins games to probably know how to do it, but I, I don't. So, but they, they, I thought they would have to really, you know, he got sacked several times against Penn State. I thought Nebraska would have to do that. Uh, they never really got to him that much. He 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 uh, ran outside a lot and um, got away from him. But they made play. They was, those two turnovers were just beautiful things to watch. So. Um, yeah, that's the defense that you're right. The playmakers have emerged. I mean, the polar bear, that play, I thought, man, if they win, that's one of the great plays of the season. You know, mm-hmm. he stands the guy up and then he tackles a running back for, you know, no no gain on a fourth down. I mean, that that's that's like legendary stuff. But you gotta have the win to go with it. Um so yeah, they're they're uh <laughs> the defense is playing so well. It certainly deserved a better outcome than the guy yesterday. I asked Sam this. I'd love your thoughts on it, too. Is it fair to ask the defense to be one play 
or one drive better, or is this a group that is basically maxed out what it's capable of in your eyes? Well, they better not be maxed out. They got, they got more work to do. Um, yeah, I think <laughs> it's okay to lean on them. And, and they should want everybody to lean on them, give them everything. That's what the, that's great defenses want to carry everything. They, 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 want to, they, they want to be the reason you win. And um, it, it, hopefully as, as their personality, too. Um, yeah, I think they, they can do that. Um, I don't know what, what what they're going to face Saturday night in Wisconsin. I, I the the post game stuff coming out of there was, was just kind of bizarre in some ways, very un Wisconsin like. So I I don't know what they're walking into there. Um, the Iowa last game, I mean, you know, <laughs> Iowa, Iowa, do Iowa, <laughs> yeah, and they're doing a the defense. So yeah, you could. You could rely on defense to do the, you know, the heavy lifting and and, and carry the load. We see it down down the road. Let's let's wrap up with this here, Tom. Then Nebraska has a chance to exercise a lot of a lot of demons when they go up to Camp Randall on Saturday. Haven't won there. Haven't been very successful there. Only beaten Wisconsin one time in the Big Ten era, and of course that win was later avenged by the Badgers in the the Big Ten championship game. What do you expect Matt Rule's message to be? Uh, tomorrow, when you hear from him at the press conference, oh, I think it's it's um, you know it's not what he 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 certainly wanted to win Saturday, but this is a chance to kind of circle the wagons, and uh, you know, there's a lot of criticism, a lot of noise right now about play calling and and the offense and quarterbacks, and yeah, he'll probably use that to to, to kind of bring them together and and. Uh, you know the old everybody's against us. We're uh, all we have is guys in this room kind of thing. So, um, but he he, he does love going on the road, and um, that, that's a, a great identity, a great mentality to have uh, in, in, in anywhere in college football. But, but to be able to say we thrive on the road is great. Um, yeah, he doesn't know uh, Camp Randall. He's I don't think he's ever been there. I don't. I don't think Baylor played there or Temple. So, um, but again, I don't know what we're going to get Saturday night because uh, it's like Camp Randall kind of emptied out uh, at the end of that game yesterday. So, and uh, it sounds like a lot of their fans are mad. So, I don't know that uh, they kind of expect to kind of fall out of bed and beat Nebraska, but. You know, I can't, I'm certainly not going to predict a victory, but what if, you know, what if the, would this be the crazy thing, the craziest thing to maybe, and maybe appropriate for this season, that the, the, the game that puts them over the top is, is a, is a win at Camp Randall. So, you know, wouldn't that be something? I mean, I, I suppose even, even I could write that one. <laughs> I just say Hollywood might turn that one down. No, it's not, not too far-fetched, but. It's got to happen first. Tom Chattel of the Omaha World Herald with us here. Tom, as always, appreciate your time. Hey, I'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Of course. There he is. He joins us on our Allo VIP line brought to you by Allo Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. Just a few minutes to go here in the Husker Extra Hour on 93.7 The Ticket. We'll step aside for a final break of the show, and I'll get you set up for Husker Rewind. Tom Stevens, Mike Melby in the building. Uh, They're coming up at five. Don't go anywhere. We'll put a bow on the Husker Extra Hour after this. 
Back to the Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. I'm Austin Norman with you here on the Husker Extra Hour. Not a part of Husker Extra Hour myself. You hear me during On the Block with Strick and Austin, two to four weekdays here. Strick and I will break down some Huskers and Terps tomorrow. Also take a look at a wild college football weekend in terms of off-the-field moves. Jimbo Fisher out, Andy Avalos out, Mike Yersich, Penn State's offensive coordinator, all out of their jobs. We'll get into that, but of course, we want to thank again Sam McEwen and Tom Chattel of the Omaha World Herald. They joined us here every week uh, for the Husker Extra Hour on our Allo VIP line, uh, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. Big shout out as well to Allo Channel 951 and our Sarter Heyman Jewelers live video streams. You see that on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Uh, Walter, Mr. Raj, and TJ Verba, appreciate y'all tapping in. TJ says, enjoy the show. Thanks, TJ. Appreciate that. Really uh, wouldn't be able to do it without Sam and Tom providing their insight uh, for us like they do uh, with their their writings at the Omaha World Herald as well. Walter, I appreciate your insight as well. And, and Mr. Raj says, well, the QB can dang sure hand the ball off. They need to stop making excuses for these millionaire coaches. I see where you're coming from. I get it. I sense the frustration in that comment. It's valid. Not all of it is on the coaches. Not all of it is on the players. And that's what I was talking to Tom about there at the end is that sometimes Marcus Satterfield calls a really good play. It's the perfect play at the right time. There's a player, a couple players open, and the quarterback makes the wrong decision. An offensive lineman whiffs on a block. Uh, the running back trips. We've seen all that happen you know, at different points in this year. And then other times... Marcus Satterfield calls the wrong play or one of the quarterbacks goes rogue, makes the wrong read. An offense that struggles to score, sometimes even struggles to move the ball like Nebraska's does, is on more than just one person. It's on more than just two people. All 11 guys that are on the field need to take ownership of it. Matt Rule takes ownership of it. His play caller, Marcus Satterfield, takes ownership of it. The issues go beyond play calls. The issue goes beyond oh, they haven't developed enough, the issue goes beyond talent. Everything works together to make this Husker offense what it is. Part of me wants to say less than the sum of its parts because I feel like there's more talent on this Nebraska team than it's showed recently. I really do. There are so many opportunities for this team to pick up another first down, to, to get five yards and live to fight another play. Heck, to punch the ball in the end zone a time or two that just haven't been taken advantage of, and that's been the case dating back to Minnesota all the way in week one. We'll keep talking about it. Uh, I will keep talking about it with Strick tomorrow. I'm sure we got thoughts from the guys. Tom Stevens, Mike Melby, they're up next. They've got the Husker Rewind. They'll be with you for the next two hours from 5 to 7. We'll have Flippin' It. We'll have uh, Get Your Happy On, Malone Center, and In the Pocket all coming your way yet tonight as well here on 93.7 The Ticket as a part of Ticket Weekends. Once again, big thanks to Tom Chattel and Sam McEwen. Big thanks to Allo, Sarter, Heyman, all those great sponsors and people that make the Husker Extra Hour possible. Once again, I'm Austin Norman. It's been a fun hour. It's flown by. Don't go anywhere. We got Tom and Mike for the Husker Rewind coming up next.